Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. I'm sorry, I fell asleep during that intro, Sean. Yep. Well, we say that every time. I know, it's, we do. Is it getting longer? It is. <laughs> I think it is. I just got a half hour nap out of that deal. How was uh, Memorial Day? It was rainy and cold and not the best camping trip I've ever had in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, How about you? Did you go out on the on the boat? I worked. What did you do? You worked. I worked. I'm not surprised. By that. I worked, and I I actually did a little bit of reading on today's guest, um, and we've got him hooked up here. Gary, are you with us? I am. I'm super excited to be spending some time with both of you and your loyal listeners. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a blast, ladies and gentlemen. So we've got Gary Boomershine in the studio with us. He's uh, joining us from Sonora, California. Uh, which sounds like a nice place. It does. Yeah. Gary, is uh, he founded realestateinvestor.com back in 2005, and uh, he's got some interesting insight into the real estate industry. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about off-market properties, and uh, he's got a book. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the book that's out there. So, Gary, we, we appreciate you being on. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Yes, it's uh, it's such a pleasure. And yes, you did say it right. I'm in a little area um, with my family. I grew up in the San Francisco uh, Bay Area, born and raised, um, come from a very long real estate background. We, uh, My parents owned a family real estate business. Um, I was a licensed agent three weeks after turning 18. I'm going to now show my age. Uh, that was 1987. And uh uh, paid for college by holding open houses and door knocking. And uh, we had a rental portfolio back in the day. Um, and so I was also, you know, doing work and changing out doorknobs and painting. And uh, then I went down the technology path. I uh, really didn't have a huge interest in real estate. It was the Silicon Valley.com sort of move. I got a computer science and engineering degree and did that. Um, and worked in enterprise software. It was in 2004. My wife and I actually came back to our roots and wanted a new life. Um, I was kind of tired of working the 80-hour work weeks. Great experience, but really we had a couple of young kids and wanted uh, financial freedom and a life and read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and the light bulb came on around passive income. And that started me on the journey. So that was 2004. I've been a full-time real estate investor since then. And um, it has been quite a journey. So, uh, uh, yes, I'm also just about to launch my first book. Been on my bucket list for a long time called The Freedom Code. Happy to share some insights and um, and and what the book is about. But great to be on the show with you. you yeah, well, you too, and uh, with all of your loyal guests. We're we're excited about that. We want to talk about the Freedom Code and. <clears throat> when you mention uh, being a real estate investor, your your primary strategy is it buy and hold or buy and flip or what? Yeah, what are you that's doing? a great. That's a great. Um, that's a great question. I I I teach and I coach, and I've been doing this for a long time. I have a philosophy: keep the best, sell the rest. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and there's really, I, I really see that, you know, real estate investors, I think there's three types of investors and I want to clarify it. There are what kind of the Warren Buffett real estate investor approach, and that's one. And that's somebody that typically has money. They want to, uh, they buy a physical asset that happens to be a real property that could be a single family property or storage apartments. And then they hold it for the long haul and take the advantages uh, defined as an acronym, I-D-E-A-L. Um, it's just all the, the advantages, including tax advantages of real estate, appreciation, uh, income, et cetera. And what I've, that's one type. That's a real estate investor. There are also what I call real estate business operators. And those are people that actually get into real estate, but they're running a business to buy fix up and sell. We see a lot of those people on TV, you know, um, the flip or flop and flip mm -hmm. this house and all that stuff. But I, I realestateinvestor.com probably services more of that group, the real, the true business operator that are running and buying real estate. Um, and there's also a, about 20 to 30% of our, our clients are actually what I call the hybrid agent. These are real estate agents as a new class, uh, a subset of existing agents that are realizing that the, the real estate agent model is changing and they're competing against the iBuyers that, like Zillow, mm -hmm. uh, Opendoor, OfferPad. And they're realizing they need to offer more solutions to sellers where they can come in and offer an all cash you know, bid in hand to buy the house without ever having to do any fix ups and hold open houses. And a lot of these hybrid agents also want to get into the long-term ownership of real estate. And so, um, so yeah, it's a interesting time. I, my primary focus is right now um, I'm probably, I'm in California. I'm probably a lot more bullish on the market um, with real estate cycles. This has been a more of a euphoric stage. And I think we've gotten more into a cash position. I do a lot of lending. So I love lending and being the bank and taking passive income that way. But I'm I'm preparing and my 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 personal crystal ball, which you know everybody has their own perspective. But I think that real estate cycles were about ready to go into one of the biggest transfers of wealth. And I'm uh, I'm kind of putting a lot more cash on the sidelines for opportunities. And so I'm not going crazy with all these you know making crazy offers and bidding up houses and buying properties that are, you know, from my perspective, don't actually have the fundamentals around them. That's at least my take right now in these coastal areas like California. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's a lot of people that follow your take, you know, back when the market started to, uh, to crumble back in late 2007, uh, 2008 and, and moving forward, there was um, some savvy investors that I'm familiar with that had made the statement that this is the time period when people with money make money. Yeah. You know, they will, um, they will start basically uh, once everything erodes and kind of falls to the floor, they'll, they'll step in and selectively pick up the pieces. And yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Warren Buffett. <laughs> I think a lot of us, he's done very well, but I was actually at a shareholder conference. In fact, it was a, uh, one of the hybrid teams, his name is Jeff Cohn. He did it. I think he was number one for Berkshire Hathaway in the country. He recently moved over to Keller Williams and he'll probably be top, top performer there. 
and and they're a hybrid agent. They bought over 100 houses this last year and themselves. So they're building their own portfolio in Omaha, Nebraska. And he's also uh, a huge hybrid um, uh, agent. And he did over 700 listings. And so I went to the Warren Buffett shareholder meeting last year. You know, and Warren's perspective is you buy low and you sell high. Um, you know, you invest and follow the rules and and you actually don't lose investor money. I love those conservative principles. And I've also growing up and seeing many cycles of real estate, you know, when you're barber or hair, hairdresser and everybody's talking about real estate, it's usually a sign that that's probably not the ideal time. You want to yeah. buy, you want to buy typically when everybody's panicking. And so I'm a little bit more conservative now. I do think there's great buying opportunities. I think you just have to follow the fundamentals. And I always tell everybody, you want to fall in love with the cash flow. Don't fall in love with the property. <laughs> you know, if you're an investor, you're looking for, you know, buying right. The fundamentals need to be made. I think that we're going to be, I think we're going into a interesting time where I think there's going to be a, a large supply, uh, you know, coming our way through COVID and mm. through you know, typical market cycles where I do think we're going to see a lot of inventory that's going to hit the market in the way of foreclosures. And I think there's going to be those people that are prepared. I think there's going to be some great opportunities and followed by what I would consider probably one of the biggest inflationary markets uh, where we're going to all want to own real estate. I think we're going to see inflation coming up where properties become, you know, in some cases, you know, even un 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 unobtainable. So, I'm just preparing for that. I know a lot of the conservative friends of mine are doing the same thing, making sure we're taking some chips off the table and just buying smarter. Keep the best, sell the rest. You know what's interesting? I read a report from the Banking Association, oh, I think it's been a couple of weeks ago, and you know they swear up and down that most of the lending that's taking place is uh, they're making good conservative loans still. Uh, mm -hmm. versus the practices that we saw taking place, you know, in the early to mid-2000s before the first, uh, before that previous collapse. Um, those were just, there were some ridiculous loans. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was even, as a broker, involved in some of those transactions where a client, you know, was asked very little about their personal um, uh, financial Thanks. history. Yeah. Yeah, they were just lending him money. Said, absolutely, go buy the house. It's it's a great investment. And, uh, you know, people were just buying property they couldn't afford, living well beyond their means. And if that's not the case now, tell me a little bit about the this this next correction. You know, what, what do you think the driving factors will be uh, if, uh, if there's a tranche of, of uh, debt, um, properties coming back on the market here in the future what's what's going to be the cause of, of that well one is that you know with covid there has been especially like in areas like california there's been a huge impact to retail uh to businesses especially the smaller businesses um i know a number of uh, and a lot of there's been printing of money right the whole care and ppe where a lot of businesses and a lot of people have actually gotten kind of a the loans, the mm -hmm. potentially forgivable loans or what have you. When the musical chairs stops, meaning that money has to be repaid or, you know, they're not getting any of that money. Um, I, I think we're going to see probably a lot of retail 
that's going to be potentially folding up, especially if this thing is not completely over and, you know, lockdowns happen and things like that. So typically if you've got retail, you know, you've got businesses and small businesses and all those businesses have either rent or they have mortgages. And so if their businesses fold or they can't keep up their businesses, that means that they're probably not going to be able to keep up their mortgages. And when the printing of fiat currencies you know, finally stops, which I think it will, um, I don't have a crystal ball on that. They could print forever and we could go into crazy times like Venezuela. But I do think that there's going to be a point in time. And that what happens is that supply at some point will hit the market. Right now we have a very small in, in, in a lot of areas of the country, a very short supply. I'm looking at some of the, you know, the typical like 30 to 30 to 60 day inventory, which is at historical proportions, right? And so I think when that changes and there's a, a bigger supply that hits the market, it's a supply and demand issue. And, and then the values start going down. Like I'm in California, there's still crazy multiple offers that are happening everywhere. And I know a lot of the areas of the country, I think yeah. when that happens, we'll see a, you know, we'll see a, where there were some people that, you know, may have taken on too much debt. There are lenders historically, if we look at the cycles, a lot of that money dries up and, um, and then there's a, a natural or unnatural correction. And so I just think right now, my particular take is just buy right, you know, don't overextend. Um, I know that this is not the philosophy of most people. I, I have some very close friends that are like, oh, this is business as usual. I have one of my friends actually has a billion dollars that's personally guaranteed. I don't know how he's personally guaranteeing it, but, um, you know, at some point, if you cannot, you know, if, if you don't have the operating capital, right, and you're like, for instance, if you are expecting 90% occupancy and you go down to 60% occupancy, on your rents and you're not in, and you don't have the operating cash that becomes a problem right <laughs> especially yeah. if you can't go borrow more money and i think that the dominoes just continue to unfold and um i, I you know if it doesn't happen it's it's fine uh from my perspective if it does you know i think those people that are prepared are gonna are gonna have a, a great great opportunity so i'm i'm much more conservative right now like even on my lending and when I'm doing lending, a lot of companies are lending on this sort of what's called after repaired value, where the borrower or the, the buyer of the property is not having to come in with that much cash. And, um, you know, historically, the more the borrower comes in with the down payment, the less risk for the lender. And the less money that the borrower or owner comes in with as down payment, right, <laughs> the higher the risk for the lender. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm taking the more conservative approach. And, and when I'm lending myself on my own family money, we're typically looking for fundamentals of a, a good down payment, you know, good neighborhoods that were, you know, with the idea that, hey, if we had to take back the property as a absolute worst case scenario, would we be OK if the market was, you know, on the downside? And so I'm lending that way. I'm actually lending a deal uh, right now in California where I've got a 50 percent down the, the buyer has 50 percent they're coming on purchase price and it's a three-year loan um and and uh and this is this is an investor that's got you know good track track record in terms of what they've done on their investments and so 
those are the types of things that I'm lending on right now, even if I'm getting a lower return. That makes sense. Well, I, I, I think the smart money is on exactly what you just said and, and being conservative. Interestingly enough, um, I had a, a friend, you know, a person that lives in the town I live in, just put their house on the market. The house went under contract, I don't know, twenty or $30,000 above the list price due to competing offers. I think if I'm remembering the story right, it went in the market at three sixty, or, or it went under contract at three sixty, but the appraisal came back at three twenty five. Mm-hmm. So it's living proof that we need a checks and balances system yeah. in this country. People will absolutely live beyond their means, you know, if there's if there's not some leash out there um, that just kind of helps control that a little bit and. Uh, you know, the implementation of uh, the Dodd-Frank Act and some things that happened during the last, uh, the last collapse, that, um, that'll help uh, as long as they, they keep those in place and they continue to regulate those services, which it, it appears, you know, within reason and certain, at least the stuff I'm involved with, it, it seems like they're, they're given a little bit more oversight to make sure they don't repeat that mistake. So Yeah. Well, I'll tell you just from... My wife and I look at all of the things that we've done in terms of stocks, in terms of uh, investing in businesses. I will say that the one thing that I look back, our portfolio and our wealth has actually always come from real estate, specifically on holding the real estate for the long haul. So when people actually say, hey, Gary, you know, do you think I should wait and time the market? It's very difficult to time the market. I think if people actually... Anyway, if you're able to buy a property today and you can hold it for five to 10 years, you know, in, in, in any up or down market, if the market makes a, a correction and drops five or six or 10, 15 percent and you can survive that and be fine. And and you've got you've got the cash and you've got the operating, you know, for things, you know, of uh, another lockdown and maybe your tenants aren't able to pay for six to 12 months. Now, I am all in favor of buying real estate. I think long-term real estate is an absolutely amazing vehicle. It's one of the, the only true tax havens that's still available, at least for now. And um, so I'm a, I, I just think that a lot of people that are running on the short term and buying with the idea that they're going to fix it up and make a profit, they just need to be really conservative uh, to make sure that they can withstand and and withstand a uh, a market a, a, a market correction. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a couple of examples. I've got some friends who um, they're rehabbers in Colorado in Denver, Colorado, and their average profits were between forty and fifty five thousand dollars on a rehab. They were typically able to come in with their team, and in ninety days they were able to completely do what they needed to do, and and turn around that 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 money and that profit. Well. They're actually in that market right now, and they're really breaking even. So they're not even making profit. Their business model is just to keep their t- their team employed because they've got a lot of overhead. They've got a lot of people on staff in their rehab business. And I think that's a recipe for disaster. That's not a true business model that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that if real estate is a wonderful vehicle, I just think that people should realize, hey, real estate has been cyclical. It has uh, historically, if we look back 100 years, it's been a seven-year cycle. It just happens that this cycle has gone the longest that we've ever seen. I think we're year 12 or even 13. But, you know, and, and I also say that usually that market cycle 
doesn't change just through natural supply and demand. It's always been historically a, I call it a boogeyman event. It's just the term I use. It's come out <laughs> of left field. You know, we had 9-11. We had the mortgage collapse. Uh, you know, we have the oil embargo. If you just go back 100 years, we also have a fiat currency system, right? Money made out of nothing. Yeah. Uh, printed out of nothing that most people don't even understand that's created out of debt with the stroke of a pen. And <laughs> there's also the ability of like, you know, changing the market cycle as well that um, that I think that if we look back historically, that's happened. So with all things considered, real estate is a wonderful vehicle with a lot of benefits. It's just those short term people. I think people that are buying retail, I think there's a chance for some of them to be, you know, hurt in a downturn. I think people that are doing the rehab, heavy rehab uh, for short term, is they could also take a bit of a hit if they're not careful. Those that are buying conservatively, <laughs> they're buying for the long haul. They're doing the Warren Buffett model, I think, full steam ahead. Just, yeah. you know. Well, it makes, it makes perfect sense. And uh, <clears throat> she's telling me it's time to take it a break. Is. We're going to. We're going to hear from the sponsors, Gary. I want to hear. Um, I want to hear a little bit more about realestateinvestor.com. Whenever we come back, we'll slip away here from our sponsors, and we'll be back in just a few more minutes uh, with more from Gary. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Find great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. The oil and gas marketplace. I, I'm pretty sure they say mineraled marketing. They, they may. <laughs> Every time I hear that commercial, yeah. I'm like, mineraled marketing. Now that you say that, I'm going to be listening for <laughs> yes. that. It's hilarious. Gary, before we slipped away, we, um, and great insight, mm -hmm. by the way, prior to the commercial, um, we are 98% in sync here. And yes. uh, 
I'm writing down. I took notes in here. I wrote down uh, boogeyman and fiat. (laughs) Boogeyman and fiat markets. I like it. Or fiat money, isn't it? That's what you said. Yeah. (laughs) Fiat. That's money from selling your old fiat (laughs) and putting it into a house. <clears throat> let's uh, let's talk a little bit about realestateinvestor.com and tell us, if you will, why you created it, you know, the primary purpose of that site and, and any insight that you could maybe lend on it that uh, how it's performed to date. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, you know, as a real estate investor, we're typically, uh, especially if you're a full-time investor, um, we're looking to buy uh, property. And so historically, there's two methods. There's either what I call on market or off market. So typically on market means you're going through channels like a typical finding a, an agent who's going to locate property on the MLS, multiple listing service. It's listed with a realtor or maybe it's a foreclosure auction or a bank owned bank owned REO or maybe a HUD property. Mm-hmm. That's typically on market. Well, there's this huge supply of properties that are what I call off market. These are properties that are not listed. And the only way that you can typically get a hold of those properties is either word of mouth, which uh, if you have a network, or you have to go direct to the seller. And, um, and so as an investor, a lot of us do that because of this current market cycle, because, you know, the, the on market, it, it's incredibly, incredibly competitive in most of the markets of the country. So realestateinvestor.com focuses on helping more of the full-time investor, uh, the business owner, business operator, looking to continuously buy real estate. Most of it, most of our customers are mostly single family. We have some land investors, uh, but just because of the current cycle of the market, it's mostly single family. And we also have about 20% of our clients that are hybrid. These are agents or agent teams that also are looking to offer more solutions where they either want to be an investor too, not just an agent, or they also want to be able to come in with a cash offer Then uh, uh, they've got an investor. So we focus, we are the largest marketer in the real estate niche with more experience than anybody in either the investor or agent uh, space. As an example, one of our specialties has been direct mail. Um, we have done over 85 million pieces of direct mail um, for finding off-market deals direct where we're sending the direct message to the seller. Hey, are you interested in selling your property? I'd like to make you an all-cash offer. Um, I also, you know, off-market, another method is uh, cold calling. So basically, you know, following the laws, but, you know, typically the same list of names and addresses that we might be targeting direct mail, but we'll complement that for you know, a really good, uh, very professional team that can call and see if the seller is interested in uh, entertaining uh, an, an offer to sell the property. And so we, um, realestateinvestor.com, we're almost like what I'd consider kind of like an agency, a marketing agency where somebody, most investors or agents, they are not experts at the marketing side. They're experts at real estate. And so they can come to a company like us as an outsourced agency and say, hey, we would like, we've heard that you guys are the number one in the, in the niche, that you have a ton of experience. Um, we would like to hire you 
to help us uh, find and locate and, 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 and do that. And so we will put together a marketing plan for them and then we'll execute the plan if they'd like. So that's a combination where we've got software uh, to do that, 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 uh, that we look pretty inexpensive that does that, tr that manages all the leads. So all the, the key with marketing is really around follow-up. Uh, most people don't recognize that 90%, 90, actually over 90% of the of the opportunities the, the the actual leads that come in take lots of follow-up and it's typically six to 12 interactions and follow-up interactions with the seller in order to you know uh to ultimately come to terms on on buying the property somebody may put up their hand and say yes i would be interested in talking about selling my home but really they're not ready for four five six twelve eighteen months and so most people don't know and don't stay in constant contact. And we automate that. And then I also have a team, a phone team that is professional that actually is timed so that they will continue to stay in contact with the seller, uh, you know, to, you know, when the time is right, when they're ultimately ready to sell. Gary, that's is, what real estate, mm -hmm. is there any, do you have any percentage out there on conversion rate of cold calls or lead generation that actually mature into um, a, a yes. sale or engagement? Great, great question. Here's what I'm finding after all the years. So we've been, I've been, how this all came about, like I, I'm marketing. I want to just back up a little bit. If there's two components that are required. There's marketing, which it generates the leads and ultimately those opportunities. And there is a difference between a lead and an opportunity. And then there's the sales side. So you got marketing and then conversion or sales. And at the end of the day, both are important. You, you know, people, sellers in any market, people buy to, and people sell to people that they like, trust and respect. And typically it's you build a relationship, you build trust, and then you come up with the solution that works for the seller. And so what I've found that on average, what we find is about 45 leads will generate about 15 opportunities. And of those 15 opportunities, one of those closes for the type of deal that most investors are looking for. Um, now it's like, okay. And by the way, that's consistent. And that's whether it's cold calling or direct mail or most of these channels, that's about consistent. What I'm seeing, not only using our software services in our team, but also in the industry of my network of people doing this full time. Um, of the 45 leads, you probably get 30 where, you know, you I call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because when you're going direct to a seller, you're going to find the good. These are seller, the timing is perfect. You're going to get the bad, and then you're going to get the ugly. Some people get irritated or, you know, we'll, 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 we'll respond with the not most pleasant message. And, um, and by the way, some of those leads are the best. Some of the, you know, what we found is some of the angriest people that call are probably there's, you know, a family money dispute or maybe an illness in a family. And so like one of some of my biggest deals have been calling some of those sellers back super friendly to take them off the mailing and they've converted into deals. But oh, 40, you're, 40, you're mm -hmm. speaking to somebody that buys into that a hundred percent. You know, I've been an auctioneer, professional auctioneer for 30 years. And, um, the first thing that we teach people that are getting into the auction business or converting realtors to offer auction services in their business, 
um, people never call an auctioneer when everything's going right in their life. You know, that's not the normal visceral response from uh, an American consumer. Now, there's other countries, other cultures, uh, Australia, for example, they're they have a tremendous amount of accelerated sales or auction sales there versus what you see here in the U.S. where they take property straight to an auction. And if they don't get it sold, then they they list it traditionally. So it's kind of the inverse. But uh, when you get a call in the auction business, that's exactly correct is that initial call may not go very smooth or the first two or three calls, but something's disruptive in their life. There's a reason why they – they need the service. They just may not know it yet. Yeah, I, you know, I'll give an example. And I've, I've, I've taught this, and then I've had so many people that have come back to me saying, gosh, Gary, that was such great advice, and look at the deals that I bought. I, years ago, I had a fireman call me and respond to a postcard that I'd mailed to him, and it was probably the worst voicemail I've ever had. I wish I kept it. Um, very angry, but I called him back. His name was Dwight. And I basically, he said, who is this? I said, I'm probably the last person on the entire planet you want to talk to. And I, I, he said, who are you? And I said, I'm the guy that actually sent you the postcard. And I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he went off and I just kept telling him sorry. And I asked him, I said, you don't know me, Dwight. Um, What would you have recommended as an alternative since we don't know each other? Should I have like maybe run my, 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 uh, my basket into yours at a supermarket. Should I have maybe dropped, you know, should I have actually <laughs> waited outside? I literally the supermarket. He, I love it. Yeah. He laughed. <laughs> he laughed. And, you know, we talked about it. Well, anyway, I ended up, I ended up, he had two houses. What happened was his wife was in jail for embezzlement and he was going through this terrible divorce and get a million dollar lien against two houses. And so at the time, this is years ago, I was able to make that deal work, believe it or not for handsome profit. Uh, but, you know, I found if just the end of the day, marketing, you know, it's a trust issue. And and when you're sending something like, I think, especially now, there is so much confusion and so many scams and, and right. You, uh, how many of us are getting calls? I get call, uh, calls on my cell phone, like five or six times a week of some scam, uh, you know, of trying to every there's, and then you watch TV and it's even worse, right? So who can you trust? So you have to break through the trust factor, and it really comes through follow-up. Um, you put the right message in front of the right people, and then you have to build a relationship. You have to establish trust, and then you have to come up with a solution that works for the seller. And 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 those people, and I know a lot of people that have massive successes, real estate investors or business owners, and most of them follow this same practice. By the way, this is just classic marketing and yeah. classics sales. And in fact, I even have a course that I've released. It's a month long, uh, I call it, it's a revolutionary sales program and compression coaching. It's a month long, but it really teaches people how to build a relationship with the seller. Um, you know, it's really a conversation and it's a really honest conversation. And even when I interact with the seller, I let them know that, Hey, there's a high likelihood I'm not going to be a the perfect solution for you. And I want to take all the stress off. I buy a few properties a month. We use family money. Um, I usually am looking to make a modest profit somehow, some way. And if I can help great, if I, if I not the solution, I'd be happy to at least give you a cash offer. So you know where I would stand and any other, if you need a, a referral, 
or you know a recommendation for either a good contractor or a good realtor or two, I'd be happy to do that. And um, it just follows a classic. It's called solution selling. It's the oldest. You know, great salespeople are great listeners. Seventy-five percent is is active listening, and then twenty-five percent is you know asking open-ended questions and telling relevant stories. And that's just a classic sales of uh, and 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 working. You know, if I come into a house, I'm usually, you know, the type of property that most of us are buying, including myself, we're looking for a property that probably needs a little work. It's probably not picture perfect. The garden, you know, the, it's not, it hasn't been manic, man, uh, manicured <laughs> with, with, uh, you know, and, and so I can come in and possibly buy a property, need some work, put a little value add into it. Um, I bought another property where the husband and wife are working on it right now. Actually, I haven't closed on this, but the husband and wife are going through a divorce and they really don't want to, the neighbors, they don't want open house and they don't want, they're a very private couple. And they like the idea of selling it a little bit of a discount. Um, they don't have a realtor involved. I'm buying it direct, go through all the t- same channels of buying the property, except I, as you know, since I'm buying direct, I don't have to be licensed. Um, I'm not representing them to sell the house. I'm actually the direct buyer to buy it. So they don't have to pay commissions. They don't have all the extra closing costs. They don't have to do any fix-ups at all. And we don't even have to have our for sale sign on the ground. And, you know, there's a very large supply of properties out there like that. So Gary, let's, since we haven't mentioned that specific property or anything with that, with that property in mind that you just uh, talked kind of um, ambiguously about, what's let's say you get that bought mm-hmm. what's the next step for what do you do with that property yeah we're analyzing that right now uh we will probably ultimately fix that property up um once it's vacant and probably it, it it's an offer it's a beautiful house in a beautiful neighborhood it's probably doesn't have the characteristics in this market that we want to hold um, and we'll probably end up putting that back on the mar- the MLS because of the current market and sell it for a profit on that particular one. Um, there are other properties, like I love buying properties uh, in the right area and turning it into an Airbnb. I think that's a great, that's something my wife and I like to do. And so sometimes we'll do that. So when I look, like I said, keep the best, sell the rest, mm-hmm. especially in this market, we'll find something that uh, is something that we want in our portfolio that makes sense and then others that will ultimately either turn around and sell um there's a a concept that a lot of us real estate investors use that are called wholesaling so we may actually put the property not this one but we'll put the property under contract and we'll find another buyer and we'll assign that contract to them and um, which is legal in pretty much all the states so you don't have to be a licensed agent if you are the principal buying it direct and then assigning it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about that assignment of a contract that wouldn't require a license. Yeah. And I don't know, most States that I'm, I'm thinking of right now, because that's, um, that's not uncommon, especially in non-urban America. You see that a lot in the, uh, maybe in the land industry or the farm industry where, People are buying property, and they may want part or all of the property, but they assign it to an adjoining farmer, to a neighbor on the other side part of it. So, yeah the 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 uh, the, the 
the Department of Real Estate really doesn't like it. They'd love to kill it because it competes with their their private uh, their private guild or whatever we want to call it, their club. <laughs> um, but it you know it falls under international private contract law. And when you put a property under contract in your own name or your business, you have an interest. It becomes personal property, and that is assignable. And uh, under international, you know, contract law. So that, that it, otherwise, it, even countries do this. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gary, but let's. Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, and I. But you do if you are representing uh, somebody, and you're not the ultimate buyer on paper, you do have to be licensed. And, and that's why I always tell everybody, know your laws, yeah. you know, have a good attorney. And, and the, like Warren Buffett says, follow the laws, your local state and federal laws and uh, do it the right way. And, and, and if you commit to something, follow through with the commitment, you'll have a great reputation and, and, uh, and there's lots of money to be made. Um, and, you know, there's real estate, Real estate. Uh, the one thing I love about real estate, especially coming out of the software world, is real estate. You know, there's product everywhere. <laughs> you just look around. You know, you're in a city. You look around, and you'll, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities. And land is a wonderful thing too. Mm-hmm. I'll probably, I'll probably get a little bit more into land now that I'm up in the Yosemite area, California. Yeah, well, you're in the right part of the country. I've I've been through there before, and that's uh that's a beautiful part of the earth right there. Yeah. I want to share one other thing. You were asking me about realestateinvestor.com. This is a huge aha. I think it'll be uh, uh, relevant for all the real estate agents that follow you that are actually on the show today. Um, I was speaking, I was invited to speak at a conference um, in New York City a couple of years ago. And uh, so we, it was for agents and these were the, the, these were the agents, the large agents that are investing $25,000 to $100,000 a month on TV, um, where they would actually have TV ads. And Barbara Cochran was an example of somebody that would be part of that group um, as one of the TV ads, mm-hmm. and Sean Hannity. So uh, we were out there, and one of the large agent teams, they called realestateinvestor.com their secret weapon. And uh, it, was, it was interesting because we had a this was the huge influx of agents that signed up for us. And that's what, what started. Cause we had historically only serviced the full-time real estate investor, not agents. Well, what happened was see most agents are, they don't do heavy direct mail. They built, they build farms and they, it's mostly relationships and referrals. Mm-hmm. And so what, what happens what we found out is that we're as realestateinvestor.com investors are going after an entirely new niche. That's not even tapped by agents. It's really not even been comp- competing. We're going after properties that might be inherited, mostly burned out landlords, mostly properties that have been held and maybe even free and clear or very, very low mortgages. And like on our proprietary mailing list as an example, uh, that we have, there's 18 million properties on that list uh, of about 112 million accessible properties on public record. And so what we found out is that we're going, and the message to the seller is not that we want to list the house. We're going to make them an all cash, easy offer uh, to buy it as is. Um, you know, they can leave their stuff. They don't have to do any fix ups or have any hold, uh, open houses. And so what we found is a lot of the in the agent hybrid agents wanted that solution 
um, that they could either get in and buy property themselves or, uh, you know, they would have their own investor buyers. And what we found is these agents for every, for every three properties, every three properties they would buy all cash, they were also getting two listings because a lot of the property, a lot of the sellers that, you know, that they, they really, they didn't want to take a lower cash offer. They were willing to wait and put it on the MLS and maybe do a little bit of fix ups and repairs. And so these hybrid agents, they created an entirely new market. They were able to go to a, a, a list or a group of people direct that they weren't even finding. And they were able to buy a few properties or be able to buy those properties on behalf of their investors. And then they would also get some listings. And so that's been about 20 to 25%, maybe a little bit more than that of our client base. There are these hybrid agent teams. And that's growing because a lot of agents are realizing that the, the agency model, the profits are shrinking, that agent market is changing. And with the, the iBuyer platforms like Zillow and Opendoor, they're having to compete. And they realize that in three to five years, the agent model may be completely you know, disrupted. Well, that's, it's great insight. And I can see where that would be advantageous for an agent <clears throat> to look at, um, to look at those. So what about the people that, well, I think you just answered it, that's coming through that site. They're not interested in taking a lesser amount for their property, but all of a sudden they may be talking about listing their property or putting that on the market. That's the advantage for the real estate yeah, agent that's falling yeah. kind of uh, that's that's low hanging fruit. It is. And here's, here's something interesting I'll give for, this is what I have found, you know, classic sales, classic sales has always had three options. If you go to a gas pump, right. There's three options on the gas pump. Really you're buying pretty much the same gas. It might have a little bit of a difference, but the, 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 the mind, the psychology is, not just a single option, it's usually three. If you go to a car dealership, you don't just have the one model. You actually have the low end model, you got the high end model and you have something in between. So what I found is that the really, really good hybrid agents and frankly, even investors, we come in with the same approach. We follow the same psychological model. So a great hybrid agent would come in and say, gosh, Mr. Seller, um, here's a couple of ideas for you. Here's a all cash offer. It's going to be the easiest to sell, but probably the lowest price. And then here's another option, which is we list the property and here's what we think you would net after paying commissions and fees, et cetera. And then if the highest one might be where there's some fix ups and repairs and get the property to retail, you know, maximum, you know, what we call, you know, the R, the after repaired value. Mm -hmm. And so you got three op options. It's like, let me give you an example. If option number one might be 150,000 all cash close in 14 days, 21 days. The next one might be don't do anything, but we'll list the property. We think that you'll net probably 170, 172, maybe. Or fix the property up, put $60,000 in re repairs. And we think that you'll probably end up netting 190. And being able to come in and work with the seller, what works best for them? Yeah. And I'm seeing a lot of agents, these sharp, you know, agent teams are doing incredibly well. They're also 
now coming in and having a better solution, a competitive solution to the iBuyer companies like Zillow. And they also have more solutions than, than just the typical agent that's competing with a hundred of them on doing the typical, uh, you know, market evaluation and <laughs> right. They can come in with a better solution. And then when they follow up and they follow the best practice around keeping in contact and know, know that the average, you know, you're building a relationship and 90% of the profits come after the sixth interaction, only 10%, what we found is only 10% of all investors and agents in the United States follow up more than twice. Yep. Interesting. And, 90, and that, by the way, that's not just in our space. This is pretty much in any industry. It, it's, it, it, and most people, they, they hear it, but they don't do it. Right. And we create realestateinvestor.com creates the software and the services and the solutions to do that for them, for those people that realize that, hey, I want to follow the best practice and do it right. So like we we will follow up our system, will follow up and our team will follow up typically for as, as long as two to three years. Well, I love it. I think it sounds like a uh, sounds like a very worthwhile venture, and it it, it obviously it's done extremely well for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to continue to check that out. Hey, Gary, we've got about a minute left here before we get off. Though, uh, let's plug your book, The Freedom yeah. Code. Uh, tell us, yeah. tell us just real briefly about the Freedom Code and how people can find that. That is wonderful. So, the Freedom Code. I wanted to write a book. This was not about uh, an ego for people. I've never liked to be the guy out there that like has my name, like beating my chest. This is a book of all the lessons over the years um, of real estate, because I see so many people get lost and they get excited about real estate, primarily for passive income and having, you know, building wealth and having financial freedom and a lifestyle. And they get lost and they create nothing more than a job. And, and a job I call a job is just over broke. <laughs> That's my acronym <laughs> for it. And uh, and when I say that is, you know, a transaction, passive income is you set it up once and you get a lifetime of mailbox money coming in from that, right? It, uh, if you're actually flipping or wholesaling or frankly doing a listing with a house, it's a one-time transaction. Mm -hmm. That's a So this book is to really bring people back to the why and the what, not the how. A lot of people are so focused on how do I flip a house? How do I fix a house? How do I rehab it and all this stuff? And I, I tell everybody, hey, I, this is not a book about that. This is a book about really understanding the fundamentals of figuring out what it is and why you want it and then what real estate's going to do for you. And that might be buying. Like my recommendation for a lot of people is buy. Most people are probably seven houses away from complete financial freedom. And, um, you know, buy seven houses. I even, I show the exact math of how you buy these houses, get the mortgages paid down and, you know, and you'll, you'll have free and clear property and you'll have a lifetime of passive income and be financially independent. Most people get into this business and it's just like they want to, you know, they, they go, they want to lose weight. There's work, right? They want a little pill. They want instant gratification. This book is more around building long-term financial freedom and lifestyle and all the lessons. And it's, it is content rich. It's definitely a faith-based book. I, I don't mince anything around that. It's here's my lessons. Here's the struggles. And here's after doing this full-time for such a long period of time, here's principles that have worked 
And, uh, and if I could help one person achieve financial independence with that book, I, I feel like my job has been done. And, um, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's coming out here. It'll be out in about six to eight weeks. Nice. Um, I would be happy to, um, if people, if you'd like, I can give this for your show notes afterwards, or I can give out a number where they can get on the early release and I'll even give them a free copy oh, wow, uh, when yeah. it comes out. If you give me just a second, I will come up with a phone number and I'm going to give a, a phone number. You can text message um, if you want to get on the list. You just text message this number. By the way, this is a, the same system that we use for follow-up oh, nice. that, that, our, that our clients use. But you can text uh, 925-320-0575. And I'm thinking that you put, if you can put sales ring, sale, sale ring. ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Put the sale ring in the comments just so we know that it came uh, from, from Sean us. and nice. Katrina. Yep. So 925-320-0575. I actually have some other gifts in there of some things that uh, people have said, gosh, Gary, this has helped me. There's an hour and a half presentation that I did uh, in front of 400 people and some oh, wow. other tools and guides on marketing and all the lessons learned. So anybody You've got your that, TED talk available to watch as well then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Well, Gary, this has been extremely insightful. Yeah. This is, uh, this has been one of the better podcast shows and we appreciate mm-hmm. you taking the time with us today. Uh, I appreciate it. You guys are lovely and love what you guys do. And um, gosh, I love being able to share lessons and help people on their journey if I can. And, and be relevant to uh, what's going on in the market. Well, we appreciate your time on here. You can find Gary Boomershine at realestateinvestor.com. Again, that's realestateinvestor.com. We're going to post that into the show notes. And Gary, thanks for your time. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to visiting pleasure. with, we'll look forward to visiting with you again in the future. Yeah, definitely. All right. And thank, thank everyone for participating. He was a good guest. I liked him. He w- he was a good guest. Yeah. That was very. Somebody's gone from New Hampshire. You get I get yes, those scam all calls all the time. All the time. Half the time, it just sounds like I get them at my desk at work all the time, and it sounds like somebody's standing in front of a merry-go-round. But that's all you hear is like this weird crowd and like merry-go-round music, and they never will say anything. And I'll just sit and listen for a couple minutes. And that's it. I'll just hang up like, okay, nobody ever came back. That's probably Weird. some kind of a crazy killer clown. It's it's either a New Hampshire number or a California line. Well, I'm sure not time. picking it up now because no. I don't sleep good the way it is. I, you and me both. <clears throat> Gary Boomershine. <laughs> not at the carnival. <laughs> not, not at the carnival. Sonora, California. That was uh, that was a great episode. Yes, so we got wonderful. a little bit of a glimpse into um, investment uh, company investment yeah. buyers out there. There's um, kind of an ancillary byproduct of that service is people that maybe don't want a cash offer on their property and there's a listing opportunity. Mm-hmm. So what they call them hybrid agents yeah. that they're listing, they're utilizing this service mm-hmm. to target homes where they can start getting into the home investment business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the fortunate byproduct of that is it may actually throw off some listing opportunities. Yes. Yeah. Well, we appreciate Gary being on. Trina, 
Yeah. That wraps up this show, and sure we will. I'm doing the crazy hand thing again. I know. I know. No, I'm so glad we're not. I don't know what to do with my hands. hands. <laughs> <laughs> we do all this. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning yes. in, and we will see you next time inside the sale ring. Not that one. That's crazy. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.